This is Whitley Strieber, and this is Dreamland. You've reached the edge of the world. A few weeks ago, I appeared on Scott Katamas's Global Peace Tribe as a guest, along with a number of other close encounter witnesses, including a really remarkable man who is with us today. John Martin is here. He is... Well, this is going to be an unusual and extraordinary show, folks. I can assure you of that. Uh, he, I don't know quite how to describe what he does, and he's going to tell you about it in detail. Suffice to say that this man tapes UFOs who appear pretty much on command every night at his home in Georgia. And he, he has also among other things, a classical guitarist and a very good one, and has asked in view of all of the troubles in the world that before we even start the show and start telling you about his work and what he has accomplished, he'd like to just do a little brief meditation on his guitar uh, so, John, why don't you uh, uh, get started and uh, go ahead. Thank you, John. And that sets the tone, I think, very nicely, uh, because we're going to be talking now not about guitars, but about UFOs. And a certain 
tone of personality. John, let me ask you to, to begin. Tell us what you do exactly and what is, makes it so extraordinary. And those of you who are watching on video on YouTube, you can see some of John's work. And for subscribers, there will be more of it in the subscriber video area as well. But tell us, what is it that you do? Willie, I've been playing guitar for over 50 years now. And it's something that's very important and special to me. And I've put a lot of my heart and energy into to my music. And I had a um, just a thought that if I were to share, um, if I were to share my music uh, with the universe, that perhaps I would be able to have some type of contact. I actually had dinner with President Carter in Toledo, Spain, um, years prior to that. And we actually discussed UFOs over dinner. He was very open to the subject and uh, he stated his experience, which happened in South Georgia in the 60s. And he was with a number of um, other people at a Lions Club and a beautiful golden energy um, appeared over all of them. And um, he said he couldn't explain it. And um, he understood what it was. And uh, we discussed that. And so I used that uh, beautiful experience over dinner in Toledo, Spain, with a, a very dear friend and, and a hero to me in many ways. And I used that along with Close Encounters of the Third Kind, where they use music as a communication tool. And I went out on my deck and I started playing this music that I've loved for my whole life. And I just began playing with the thought of projecting this music into the universe. And almost immediately, Whitley, they started coming in. I had a, the very first one was, it was only after two or three sessions of doing this, a beautiful, I have a, a little dog that, um, his name's Bodie and we, uh, I take him for walks and he's been with me this whole time. And I was walking back in the neighborhood with him and we live in a, a row of townhomes here in Sandy Springs, Georgia, just north of Atlanta. And directly over our particular townhouse was a beautiful purple plasma craft with a pink ring that was rotating around the bottom of the bell. My and word. Beautiful. It was about 50, feet, 50 to 100 feet above our home. I ran in to get Karen. All the alarms in the house were going off. They were obviously just scanning to see who I might be. And she came out uh, outside. She was in a robe and it was just her and me. And this beautiful craft had a beautiful feminine energy. And it just, it sat over our home and slowly, um, slowly just went away. And I tried to get it on my phone and it was black. I couldn't get it in my phone to work. As soon as it crossed the tree line, my phone uh, popped back on, which I it's thought so, Such a familiar problem. So many people <laughs> have that problem. I have it here in this house where I know the visitors have arrived because the cameras all turn off. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Right. I mean, but, if they can control these beautiful craft, what is a little phone? to them. You know? <laughs> I'm sure they could easily take care of that. Um, and so after that, um, 
a few days later, I was out with my dog and we have a little courtyard and my deck that looks out onto it. And that's where I play my guitar to project in the universe. There were four metallic craft in line, two sets of two, uh, directly over um, our courtyard. And I went in to get my phone and, and when they came back, when I came back, they were gone. Uh, that afternoon, I went outside and all the tops of the trees were burned. They, I guess they came down in the radiation from the craft, scorched the tops of all the trees. And I actually, at that point, I um, I contacted MUFON and they came out and I told them everything that had happened to that point. And I showed them the, I had a leaf that I saved. I took a picture of it that uh, I've sent to you, Whitley. That was these are right. some of my early experiences. And he said, oh, that's nothing. Don't that happens all the time. I've learned over time to listen to myself and not listen to others. When you think something's important, it really is and hold on to it. And so that was one of the, that was an early lesson. Yes. Uh, and folks just, we're going to pause a minute for our free dreamlanders. And so hold on to this for just a few seconds. Free dreamlanders subscribers will keep on going. We're talking to John Martin. John is a, a sort of close encounter witness and experiencer, very unusual in that he started out years ago with an interest in UFOs. He had a conversation with Jimmy Carter, President Carter, and from there moved on to where he is now. But before we go any farther down that road, uh, John, can you tell us about why you had a, a, a lunch or a dinner with uh, President Carter in the first place? Um, a, f a friend of mine has a guitar um, shop in Spain, and um, it's they've had it for a 100 years. They're very dear friends of mine. And they um, they built three special guitars um, they gave, I uh, presented one to president Carter. He was great friends with, uh, Andres Segovia, who's a great, uh, the great the, Spanish guitarist, the, the great, one of the greatest guitarists of all time. Yes, absolutely. And he was dear friends with president Carter. So president Carter obviously was a fan of the guitar of classical guitar. Well, you know, as I'll, I'll quickly say, I, um, during the Olympics in 96, we had a big event and I was asked to play. When I walked in, the Secret Service came directly up to me. They wouldn't tell me who I was playing for, and it was it was um, uh, President Carter, Gerald Ford, Al Gore. There were about five hundred dignitaries from South America, and I was playing in this big um, open uh, convention area, and I was playing this music, and I, I was playing through the sound system before they got there. And I thought it sounded wonderful, and but it sounded to me like they turned it down. So I was playing and and feeling a bit dejected because I didn't think anybody could hear me. And I saw two pairs of shoes in front of me. It was President and Mrs. Carter. And they said, Segovia played that for us when we were at a tavern in Madrid. And do you know Recuerdos de la Alhambra, which is a beautiful tremolo piece? That, yes. And I said, sure. He said, okay, hold on one minute. And he went on. Uh, the dais, and he said, I want everybody to stop what they're doing and listen to this incredible music. I'd like him turned up, and I'd like him turned up right now. 
And so we became very dear friends. I've had <laughs> I'll bet you know, did. many meetings in the Carter Center in his private office. And, and so my friend um, built three guitars, one for President Carter. Uh, he, they built one for me, which was a, a wonderful thing. They're beautiful instruments. And uh, a third one, and we didn't really know what to do with it. So it, they have a winter auction. And so I suggested that we donate it for the winter auction. It raised, I think, $35,000. And oh, so, my. That's wonderful. Yeah. It's, it's, and what, uh, what, what, what exactly kind of winter auction are you referring to? Uh, it's, they, don't, uh, they create, um, well, it's an auction that generates money for the work of the Carter Center. And it's, it's a Oh, I event. see. And they, they, they raise millions of dollars in that way. So, and today we've just through the guitars that we've uh, donated is over $600,000 for the Carter Center. So we were in Toledo, Spain to sign the labels. He toured the factory and we had a beautiful day together and we had dinner that night. Um, I sent you pictures, I believe of, of the dinner that we had that yes. night. And that, that was where I was sitting next to him and, I didn't bring it up. The person next to me did. And he, it just went from there. And we spoke of many things that night, but that was the impetus. Whitley was that lovely conversation. And then uh, close encounters where you use music to communicate with universe. And so but you must have had a long standing interest in UFOs. Always. Absolutely. When you Your say book, always, when do you remember that this interest started? Because I think somebody has been calling you. For, for all your life, probably, like me so. and like so many other close encounter witnesses, I think so. Uh, and and for me, it's uh, I, I think it's I, I try to take it at face value. Uh, you know what what they give and what I give is a very unique uh, interchange, and so I honor that. And um, you know, I don't have a lot of early memories of actual interactions, but the interest was always there uh, growing up. Um, and your book was so such a big part of that. Communion. Uh, communion was is so important, Whitley. And thank you for that incredible work that you've done and are continuing to do. It's it's such a, such a noble effort and noble work, and and I honor you for that. Well, it's fortunate I also had a noble wife because she was the one who titled it Communion <laughs> and who understood better than I did what it was and what it would be in the, in the long run. It is the, the, the foundation of contact, and that's exactly what it is. And, um, so, and I'm very grateful always when I hear that said because by somebody who has been moved by the book and moved to uh, deepen their contact now, and in fact, right now, folks, uh, we're going to play a clip from uh, of John's uh, where you will hear his guitar in the background and him calling to and encouraging the presences in the sky. And after that clip, we will go on and uh, talk about uh, this a little bit more podcast listeners at this point in the youtube video on my youtube channel we play a clip from john martin's many clips that he has on 
YouTube. To watch John's videos on YouTube, go to YouTube and search on John Martin UFO and you will get to his channel where he has put up many videos over the years. Some of them are quite extraordinary, others are more of a question, but it's a lovely channel and the man has a obviously a beautiful approach to life and to his whole close encounter experience. So do enjoy his channel, John Martin UFO on YouTube. John, tell us a little bit about what happened when you started? Uh, what made you decide to start to try to videotape it, and how do you do it? Well, what I, what I will say is, uh, if I continue the narrative, so after the four came, then the big ones came. And it was over my courtyard during the day. Uh, Whitley, it was a cross shape and a crescent shape, two craft. They were the size of office buildings, burnished metal, and they went right directly over my courtyard, directly overhead. And I took my camera out and I took a picture and I sent you that. And the only thing that shows up on that particular picture are just a few small dots. I went in to get Karen and my camera and it was crossing uh, the roof line. And in my mind, they said, please don't take our picture. We'll give you something you can take a picture of. And Whitley, I didn't run around the building like you would expect. I was just kind of overcome with that, just the magnificence of what I just witnessed. And about 10 days later, I was, um, I walked out my back door, a friend of mine and I were going to go see gravity. And I heard, look over here. And there was a beautiful heart shaped cloud in the exact spot where the heart and the crescent, um, the cross and the crescent shaped craft were. And they said they would give me something and they did. And they've done that many, many, many times. Now, after that, there was a period of time where uh, probably two or three months, I didn't see anything. And I thought, ah, oh, they must realize I'm not really worth all the effort. Yeah. yeah, that wasn't that wasn't the case. They were letting me integrate that experience, and I'd take my dog out at night, and I'd see these uh, beautiful lights going by, and I didn't even think anything about it. Then they started flashing at me. I said, "Oh wow!" They were trying to get your attention. Hey, guy, they, figure it out. Come on. They, 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 yeah, really. Come on, wake up here. So I got an Adirondack chair and I put it out in my courtyard. Two of them came, one of them split off, and I just felt like waving at it. And I waved and it went goosh and just became super bright. And I waved at it again and it went goosh. And I waved at it a third time and it boom. And I said, They're back. That's so, you know, I'm in a, I live very close to an airport, um, uh, Dobbins Air Force Base. And so I think there's an issue with, really large craft coming in. So they do, uh, you know, they come in the safest way they can. I do have craft that come in. I've had many structured craft, but I have tons of, of these beautiful higher energy orbs that come in that are plasma in, in nature. And, and so I, 
Could you Go tell ahead. us what you think of the difference? In other words, you, you say high energy orbs that are plasmas, that suggests something quite different from a craft to me. What would you say the difference is? I call them energy intelligences. And I, I think they're, um, and I saw and in, in, envisioned in, in my mind early on a beautiful family on a beach somewhere. And then they hear me, they hear my music, and then they turn to their light bodies, and then they come here and we interact in just that short period of time, and then they go back to where they are, and I can see them again in, in a beautiful setting. And so, you know, the, the speed of thought is well beyond our locality. I think it's it has dimensionality to it. And when when you project in a positive way, when you project love into the universe, uh, it is easily recognized, and it's it's an, um, it was a great realization for me to to know that we have, you know, that ability. If you think about all the noise that this Earth must generate between radio waves and microwaves and you know sound pollution and every and one little voice that's sending out thought waves of you know, and and what I do Whitley is I. I play these pieces in my mind. I, you know, I play them on the deck yeah, um, in reality, but I also, when I go out to the park, I play them in my mind because they're just crystalline, um, important pieces within my spirit that I, that I project and they recognize that immediately. And I can go to different places. I, you know, I went down to seaside before I, um, before I left, I was got a little Indian takeout around the corner, and one just came, went right over the restaurant. I said, "Hey, I'm going to Seaside. Please come down." As soon as we were there, and I started projecting, they they appeared there too. So you know, it's it's not low. You know, location um, is not a it's not an issue. No, um, well, it wouldn't be. I mean, considering. The fact that they do seem to get around a good bit. <laughs> I don't think location would be too much of an issue. Exactly. Um, exactly. So, um, so the first time I actually got, got one on my cell phone and I think I, I, I sent that to you. Yes. And, uh, we'll play that clip too, as well, right here. So we're going to play that clip. Uh, and, and I'm going to pause for a moment. And I think also, before we play the clip, I'm going to go to commercials for the Free Dreamlanders. So Free Dreamlanders, uh, enjoy these commercials. And do subscribe to Unknown Country so you're not being bothered by the commercials and you get the whole show. Because contact is happening. It's real. And this is one of the places where it is going to become more and more real over the years. So it's time to not be passive and support the website. We'll be right back. John, you have a very different attitude toward this than many people who are suspicious and afraid. And with good reason. I mean, there's been some tough stuff involving this. I've had that happen in my life. It was very tough at first. Was it ever difficult for you or did it, it was it not or never? It hasn't been difficult for me. Uh, and, and I feel for you and I understand, um, 
the dilemmas that that you have, have had to deal with and it's um it's something that for, for me uh, i felt like i made the initial uh effort and i i sent it in a very specific way i projected what i love what's important to me in a very positive way uh, not to say that any other anybody else's experience um is um somehow related to to themselves I, yeah but i just have my my own personal story and they've been very civil they've been very uh, honorable that you know and and so we treat each other with great respect and we have a lot of fun doing it that to me that's the biggest thing you know they'll come in um and they'll stage themselves whitley and they'll do these acrobatics in front of of my camera I, I so what i did i bought a uh i was struggling with that phone i said this isn't what happened was i was at the park and i laid down and one of them went directly overhead and was doing geometric shapes directly above me and it was magnificent i had my phone and all it was i could see was snow i said i i've got to get a better camera so i got a psionics aurora and um and as soon as I did that, they recognized that they could um, that they could be seen on the camera. And I asked for permission. Whitley, I said, if it's okay, I'm going to try to film you. And um, they they've agreed to that. And I actually I put a 3x magnifier on it, which gets really fine detail now. Yes, yeah, so the detail is very good on your videos. And I'm you know I'm a guitarist. I'm not a camera person i'm just i'm doing the best i can with it and i'm i'm learning as we go along uh, but as soon as they saw that i had this extra ability they drop in right into this tiny piece of the sky i mean if you if you were to put your thumb up to the sky it would be barely what the camera sees and they drop right into there and their abilities are just magnificent what they what they're able to do and and we do there's different ways that we um interact they we use stars as points of reference they will they will go out of their way to um there's a video in, in seaside florida where one comes in and bounces literally from one star to another and it took me a while to even recognize that they'd done that and when i saw it it was oh wow that is really amazing and their abilities are just incredible and i noticed that you you talk to them and you play your guitar uh you 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 interact with them as if they were a person sitting across from you when they're in the sky exactly uh, why why did you decide to do it that way whitley when um that is a beautiful wonderful question the, uh when i when i play guitar pieces i always see the composer sitting in front of me it could be and as musicians we're a kind of time traveler we travel the world through time and we interact with some of the most beautiful uh creations uh in music uh, I, you know I'm, I'm always drawn to really uh, beautiful pieces of music and so i you know when i play my guitar i i see our our star family sitting in front of me and i i consider them they are family we're all um you know we all are one as we know in the universe they recognize that i recognize it and you know and it's it's not 
all just how wonderful everything is because I've had many challenges and they recognize that. I share when I go outside, I said, it was so wonderful to see you last night. And I sure look forward to seeing you again. And this happened and it's really difficult. I had one thing, I was uh, going through a very difficult period and they made, they made a beautiful aeroglyph of a heart with a little notch taken out of it, showing that, you know, they understood that I was challenged and you can see a craft just barely in our dimension below it. And um, so they're, they're very understanding of the human, uh, how, the challenges we have on this dimension. So, and what, if I may ask, and you can say you'd rather not say if you, if you wish, but what sort of a challenge are you talking about or would you rather not say? I was the, uh, I was the, um, uh, I, I was the, what's uh, the estate where you're, oh gosh, the word escapes me. Anyway, it was, um, I had a, a property of a very dear friend of mine who was a World War II, uh, B-24 pilot passed. And so I was put in charge of his estate and there was just all this fighting and it was horrendous. I mean, it was, it should, none of it really should have happened as <clears throat> so it all resolved <clears throat> very beautifully. But during the time it was incredibly difficult. Oh my goodness. And so yeah, right that, in the middle of it was, was that executor of the estate. I'm, I, I think I've tried to block the whole thing. Out of my I, I understand. Yes. I, 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 my, I've, I know a lawyer who is, specializes in wills and estates, and he said, he always says that if you want to curse somebody, make them your executor. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But it can be very hard indeed. And so I understand that. Now, I hear in your voice a sort of very basic, fundamental gentleness. Um, you know, thank you. You s seem to have gotten dimmer and now you're brighter again. Good. Cloudy. <laughs> Yeah, I see. So, it, and I hear that in your voice. I hear that also in Jimmy Carter's voice, interestingly enough. Although he and his wife, you know, have been known to have some, some pretty serious fights. Uh, he's not, he's, he's, and when he was in the White House, uh, I knew people who were, were working with him and they said that he definitely does have a temper. So, um, yeah, absolutely. So does. tell me about your your temper and your feelings because i i see and i hear in you this level of openness and gentleness that i think is important because the experience the visitors are very reflective when i was scared they were scared and when they were scared they were uh they they tended to lash out. But sure. over the years, as I worked toward embracing the good and really understanding what I was doing, the relationship changed. Was it, when you first realized that they were in your life, how did that feel? Uh. It's interesting. I just felt it was a magnificent thing. It's real. It's happening. Yeah. And, and that the, to me, and I've got, you know, all of, you know, the potential of it being going in the other direction, but I never go let my mind go in that direction. I, I, 
I just, and I think very positive thoughts. I've had many challenges, Whitley. I've had a lot of tough things happen to me in my life and I had a tough childhood. And um, so I'm very grateful now at this point in my life that um, my family's healthy. We all love each other. I'm, I get to play music that I love. I interact with some of the most incredible people. And I mean, I'm so honored to be here today. I'm, I'm happy to oh, tell you that. Thank you. <laughs> I wouldn't consider myself incredible at all, but uh, I do consider you quite incredible because of the way your life journey, as difficult as it has been, has you've woven this into it in a very positive way. It's changed my life. It truly has. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it, you know, it's, it's something that, and what I, if there's one thing that I would like for people to take away from this is we all can do it. Every one of us can go. And what I do, it's not, uh, it's not a big commitment that it, in my mind, I mean, I, you know, I've spent tens of thousands of hours playing an instrument, you know, so I'm used to dedication and I make it a daily practice. I record Jeopardy. I go outside. I've got my guitars. I set up on the little picnic table right next door. We have a beautiful little water park and we have an agreement that I'll be there. And if I can't make it out to, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be able to make it tonight. And oftentimes if they can't make it, I can feel from them. They have other obligations somewhere else. Yes. But more often than not, we are both there and we're enjoying each other's company. And we, and you know, the, the feeling that you get Whitley from them is just pure love and, and appreciation. And it's, to me, it's just a, a magnificent, um, it's a realization that, that we are so much more than this third dimension. You know, um, I think that this persistence is very important. Like I, my, my way of contacting them is through what I call the sensing exercise, which most of my listeners know about. And um, if you're a subscriber, you can easily go on uh, this to Whitley's room in the, on the website and, see the sensing exercise being enacted so you know what it is. And uh, what it does is it takes the attention and it places it on the body. And usually our attention is in our brain, in our heads. But when you do this, apparently you become much more visible in another level of reality. And I found that out years ago when I first started contacting the visitors. But persistence counts. I, I'm not surprised that this works for you because you do it every night because so many people will, they'll go outside and maybe try it once or twice and nothing happens. And uh, I was doing the sensing exercise for for 15 years before the visitors showed up and I had no idea of any connection that I was even being noticed. I didn't know anything about them. And then suddenly there they were. And uh, eventually I heard them they told me that they'd come because they saw a glow. And it was not until 2015, after my wife passed away, and she came back into contact with me, and I understood from her that the glow they saw was not like the glow of cities and so forth that I had thought. It was the glow of me doing this exercise. And I can hear, and this is a bit long-winded, folks, and I apologize for that, but I can hear in your voice, the same deep 
kind of inner peace that I think we all need to bring to this in order for it to work. I'm talking to somebody who's in a, who's in a successful contact situation, basically. What are you getting from them? What are you getting from them as a, uh, uh, as a person? What are you gaining? The, the value of the individual and how we are all connected throughout the universe and throughout all the dimensions and how we're connected with nature. Uh, Whitley, another big part of this is how nature interacts with our star family. There's a, a roost of uh, red-tailed hawks that are at the park. They're with me every night. And oftentimes they, um, they'll they be uh, directly over the courtyard. Um, we were gonna go see Purple Rain, the, the uh, Prince movie, and I was taking my dog out. And they were circling right over the courtyard and this metallic double red ball appeared right in the center of their circling. And they just, all of them went at the same time. Uh, the energies have created beautiful um, animals in the sky and the hawks are often around that. When metallic craft come in, they'll be very close by because they're soaring all the time. And and when they're, you know, when they, when the craft come in, they are there too. So it, that is another, we are so connected to nature as well. This, it's all interconnected, all of it. And that's, that is what I've gained from it. And, you know, as a musician, so much of what we do is, is not that appreciated in this society. Unfortunately, there's been ways for uh, people that, create technologies that get all of the monetary benefit, but that's not really why we play. You know, we play because it's important to us. We, you know, it's a value uh, beyond, beyond money. It's, it's, it enriches your heart and your soul and the, and the energies they've been, you know, they've been around for hundreds and thousands of years. And they, you know, they recognize the music that I play is music that they probably themselves have heard from the originators. And so the fact that I'm able to recreate that in this time um, is something that they, that they uh, have acknowledged and, and they honor as I honor them. You know, that's a very interesting point that when you say they probably heard it from the originators. And why do you think music is proving to be such an important part of your journey with, with them, with the visitors? It was an actually, it was a surprise to me that it, it is so valued. I mean, it shouldn't be a surprise, but it, it was a welcome surprise that, uh, I mean, I, I played, you know, Bach and Ravel and, and Satie and um, Brubeck and Chikoria and, you know, Tauraga and Soar and um, Mudara and John Dowland, you know, it's, and, you know, Jobim. It's music from all over the world throughout time that is of great beauty. And the, and the intelligences see and hear that coming from us, you know, it, when you're doing that, you can't think of anything else. It's just the music and your mind is in a singular spot and you're creating, 
beauty for the act of creating beauty. And I think that that it resonates throughout the universe. And they, they respond to it. They respond to your effort. Mm -hmm. They enjoy the music. You have fans from the beyond. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's quite wonderful. (laughs) I thought it was too. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Why, why not? Um, What do you say to people? And you know, before we go to the next question, free dreamlanders, we're taking a little break here and I would again urge you to get involved in the site, get involved in the site on a social level. There's plenty of opportunity for social media interaction on the site. There's a free message board and you can also, if you become a subscriber, comment directly on the shows. And, um, so there's a lot there for you, not to mention all of the wonderful shows that we've done over the years, all leading up to this period that we're in right now, which is a period of such great danger and such great promise as the dark side in the form of a madman in Russia is trying a last ditch effort to destroy this world. And believe me, its aim is really very clear. It is to create a nuclear holocaust. That is its aim. And so bear that in mind. And um, we'll take a pause now. We're talking to John Martin. Uh, John is not a writer. He is a musician who has had and is having an extraordinary relationship with our visitors and uh, who is almost playing his way into their hearts, I would say. And it's very mutual because there's a meeting of the hearts going on here between John and the visitors. And that is a direction that we all, I think, should hope that we we go in because that's what's going to make this work and make it fruitful for mankind. And John, I want to actually shift a little bit from where I was before the break because there's something that keeps popping into my head that I need to ask you and then it pops out again and I, it's popped in. So I'm going to interrupt myself and ask you another question instead. And that is, there is a very big military uh, reaction to all of this. You said yourself, you're near an air base. And now we hear that the space force is going to be deploying what appears to be some kind of a defensive perimeter out beyond the moon. And what is going on here? Are we fighting with them? Do you think, do you have any sense of that? You know, it's interesting. Um, my, my father was an aeronautical engineer, um, with Lockheed and, um, he was just an incredible mathematician and, and, uh, my brother's a, a concert pianist. And so he was kind of the person that my family kind of, uh, honored at that time. But my dad took me to Lockheed specifically, just me. He'd never done that before. He just finished this big project with a C five 
be where the wings were cracking and he 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 um led this entire group of engineers and successfully saved that aircraft and during this time he took me to lockheed and we walked into the big hangar there was a big black curtain and a man was standing there and he picked it up and he said well, this is skunk works do you want to see what we do and I, I was only about seven or eight years old and i went to look under it and he dropped it really quickly and laughed and I don't remember anything after that. And my father uh, quit Lockheed within a week or two after that. And we had very difficult times. And so there's so much involved, Whitley, with the military and our star family. And yes, I feel sure that there's, you know, a lot of nefarious things that are happening with our government and with, you know, world governments and the military and our star family. And I feel like you know, the, it's a struggle and I don't have a clear answer for any type of resolution on that. But what are your thoughts? Well, uh, first, I want to ask you what what made your father quit Lockheed at that point? Do you know? I think they had some kind of secret program they wanted to put me into. And he said, no. He put told you me into as a little boy. Yeah. And I don't know. Um you know, you that happened to me when I was seven years old. I was put into a program at, at an Air Force base in San Antonio. And it really? was awful. It caused my immune system to collapse, and I ended up, I nearly died. I didn't know that. Yeah, and, and one of my closest friends in the world's parents received the same pitch, that your child is very brilliant, and we want to put him in this accelerated learning program. And mm -hmm. when the he was in the living room when this pitch was made to, th to them by a couple of Air Force people they knew well. And wow. uh, when his father heard that it involved a Skinner box, which is a, a an accelerated learning device developed by B.F. Skinner, which is basically you're closed up in a box and you experience endless repetition of, of things or something like that. I It creeps me out so much I don't even know exactly what it was but when their his parents heard that they said no we're not putting him in this unfortunately my parents were not as knowledgeable and they did their patriotic duty and put me into it the next thing you knew that was in august of uh 1952 i guess and then by october i my immune system had collapsed and i kept having to be rushed into medical care and finally ended up uh at a military hospital, General Hospital in San Antonio, where I was uh, treated with gamma globulin shots for for the extreme, the, the collapse of my immune system brought about by the extreme stress. So wow. that's there. There's a dark side to all of this. Absolutely. And you've you've bridged that. You're you're past that, and you did it with your music, your big heart, and another thing. If you ever had any fear, it quickly turned into curiosity, didn't it? It did. It yeah. did. Absolutely. When did you tell us again about when you first realized that they would come back and that you had a relationship going? I, I think when the purple, beautiful craft came directly over our, our, our home with that beautiful pink ring. It was like the the Glocka 
model 7,400 or something, you know, I mean, cause it, yeah. it was, it was just magnificent. And I, I mean, it, you know, there's like eight uh, homes in, in this row of houses here and it was directly over ours, 50 feet above. And I said, you know, that, that is about as obvious as you can get. And then when the four came and then the beautiful cross and crescent shaped craft came and Whitley, what was interesting, I did some research after that. And um, in England, just a few months prior are cross and crescent shaped crop circles. And oh, really? I, I sent it within the zip file of those photographs. I've got a, a few of those and the cross and crescent is very prominent in many of the crop circles I've noticed. And this was a metallic craft size of office buildings that came over in that same shape. And what is the difference in, in the way you, your mind and heart respond when it's a, a, as you call a structured craft and when it's, um, a plasma. The structured craft are quite awesome. I mean that, uh, and I will say this too, um, a very dear friend of mine, Victoria Lillenquist, I was at the park and we were talking and she said, please send something really awesome for John to see. And at that very moment, this almost a fish like craft, it was green and it spun along its axis. It looked just like the craft that, that um, docked with the space station. Oh, directly, wow. directly overhead. I was able to get a picture right when it was leaving because, because, they have this thing when the really large craft are coming, they send out uh, some kind of um, thought process that said, oh, this isn't very important. You can take a picture next time. And that's what, and so I had to kind of fight that to get that last one. So when the really big craft come, it's, it's, it's an event. It really is. Now the yeah, small, uh, yeah, go ahead. The, the small craft that come that, that do the aerobatics, are my almost my favorites i mean they you know one came i said you know it's i'm just filming randomly but it's never random is it dear friends and he dropped right into that little spot in my camera went um i don't know halfway through the you know the display stopped turned and did these incredible aerobatics just for me and it was magnificent. And then there were orbs around that, that uh, were celebrating it with me because it was so much fun. And they've come back many, many times. And, you know, they, the, the golden orbs, you know, and the, they're probably not, orbs may not be the best term for them. The, or, the golden plasmas, uh, the, the fast craft will be around them and they, they interact and they work together. And, you know, they're different, but they're the same in many ways. And, you know, it's, it's a mystery in a lot of ways, but I, you know, I enjoy that they, they feel comfortable enough to come to see me multiple times a week. And, and I'll, when was I'll, the last time you saw them as we're, we're talking on recording this on March the 8th, 2022. Well, Whitley, I had a, a beautiful heart I sent to you. Uh, three or four days ago 
And within, and when I walked in the park, there was a square cloud with a triangle with it, almost a Merkaba. And I think that was them saying that they're going to be on the other side of the world for a while. This, this um, military action, and you know, there's military actions all over the world, and I know they they send their best energies um, throughout the world, but this is a particularly scary one, I think, as. I think it's a very dangerous time, and um, I've been given the privilege of seeing what happens to a world that has a nuclear exchange. I saw this in the mid-90s. I asked to see a world that was a little better off than ours and one that was a little worse off. And the one that was a little worse off had had changed into two huge dictatorships and suddenly there was a nuclear exchange between them. Oh, wow. And then it was no warning whatsoever. And then um, I went back to it a couple of years later. And when I say went, I, this is in my mind's eye. I wasn't physically moved sure. there. It was completely dead. It was now a dead planet. And we're risking that. We're risking that. I find that just so deeply terrible. How do we live knowing that there are those among us who risk this, who want to serve the dark side so badly? They are corrupt criminal politicians and dictators and things. How do we, how do you respond to that darkness? It, it is, it definitely, I mean, it admires you in this dimension. This third dimension is very difficult. And, you know, Whitley, I, on the day after, it was Easter Monday, 2019, I went to my park and a portal opened and this beautiful energy, uh, not an energy, an entity came through it. I've got five pictures of it I sent to you. Yes. And it was a, such a gorgeous, beautiful event. And I couldn't look at it very long. And I I was able to get five pictures of it, but I turned away. And this was kind of early on still in, in my ability to um, integrate these experiences. That night, I went back to the park and a golden energy dropped down treetop level. And I apologized. I said, I'm, I'm really sorry I was not able to give that beautiful entity the the time it deserved and, and the golden energy just expanded many times understanding that this is difficult for us in this third dimension yes. i think i think they're looking out for us and i think they will intervene if something on that level it happens and these mad men decide that they're going to just burn the place down i think it'll be stopped i really feel like our star family have that ability and they will, they will intercede if it comes to that. And I, I pray that's, that's the case. Yes. I pray that's the case too, because I think we are liable to need that very soon uh, in too. one way or another. I, I don't know what Vladimir Putin may do if he begins to lose this conflict with the Ukraine, or he realizes that his country is basically going to descend into chaos if he does not uh respond 
and uh, I don't know that there's any other way to defend freedom when it is challenged like this. Do you think they have an awareness of the need for freedom for the for the uh, evolution of souls? Absolutely, I, I truly do. And you know, speaking of interacting with um, forces, I, I read an account that the Ukrainian um, people had a, a, a flank of, of tanks coming at them and there was shots coming from the sky that disabled every one of the tanks. As I read that story too and, and there were flashes of light they described as flashes of light coming from above. And the young man who was facing these tanks basically with a rifle texted his family that he was in a situation and the next thing they knew the tanks had all been stopped. That's our star family. Yeah, and you know, they, I they hope signal. so. I, I I feel that it is Whitley. I feel that's that's them doing it, and they want us to be free. To answer your question, absolutely, and it's an imperative for us to to finally break free of this you know this brutal dimension that we're in of you know greed and that that's the thing. I I have such little um, time to embrace anything that's be that's that's short of um honoring humanity honoring each other loving the universe and letting the universe love us and and when we have that we will ascend we will get past all this and we will have the world that you saw that was better what was that like well free dreamlanders it's time for us to say goodbye and we will uh, I hope you join the site as always and because it is becoming more and more important every single day. So I bid you adieu and I hope that I see you soon on unknowncountry.com as a participant in the social media aspect of it and as a subscriber in support of it. Uh, we're, excuse me, we're talking to John Martin and subscribers, we will keep on keeping on. world that was a little better off than ours was very interesting. It was a world that had acknowledged and allied itself with this presence. And they had a very rueful kind of quality about them because they were well aware of the fact that they'd made a lot of mistakes in the past and had finally understood how to make this work for them, essentially. And that has been my kind of um, a bellwether ever since. They were very different looking from us. The ones in the first world, the one that self-destructed were too, but these were even more different. They were, uh, I can't even hardly describe them. They were so different from us. But uh, they lived in a, in a, in a, in a gentle, supportive world community. They weren't uh, at each other's throats at all. But I think they had been in the past. And they had finally looked up instead and began to join their three-dimensional vibration to the higher vibrations that are calling to them. And when that happens, I think it's really very beautiful. 
And, you know, you can see here in this world, there are a lot of people who are soul blind, who don't believe they have souls, uh, especially among our most intelligent and intellectually gifted people. They almost universally have lost contact with themselves. They've gone soul blind, which is very dangerous because uh, someone who is soul blind also has, I think, a tendency to have a death wish. Like, um, and another thing, you can always see people who are soul blind because they want to live forever or who've, who have lost touch with their souls because they want to live forever. You see these billionaires putting money into immortality cures and things. Uh, we're meant to live here in this level for a, a, a period of time. But then when we're finished, we're meant to ascend to another level. And if we stay here forever, then we have defeated our most basic purpose for being alive. And they had realized that and under, come to understand that, I think. Now, let's, I, I want to return, I want to circle back to your early childhood, which we've not talked about very much. But at the age of seven, you were perhaps approached by the dark side, it sounds like. And they attempted to co-opt you and your father decided no what was he like what made do you think made him have that insight because my parents didn't have it yeah the, it, it hurt him bad, badly to because you know he's he went to georgia tech and, and you know he didn't his his family were home builders up in new jersey and and it was just a blue collar very tough life for him and he worked very hard to get through um aerospace um uh, to get his master's through tech he actually taught there and was offered a job at mit and um and so this job at lockheed was a dream for him and he you know he he'd go to work and he'd come home and, and we would, there would we lived in an apartment at that time there's a little pool behind the uh apartment and I'd grab around his neck and he'd swim underwater and pop up and we just had the most wonderful yeah. time. And then we had took the trip to Lockheed and they showed us skunk works and he quit a week later and he became bitter and I would get Christmas beatings and that kind of thing. And, um, it was such a hard time. And, you know, we, it was, you know, you just had to hold your breath and try to get through all those years growing up because it was, we went back into building and, you know, I was just an employee at that point, even at seven, eight years old, you know, I'd go to school and I'd, I worked all summers and, you know, it'd be, you know, 28 degrees and it'd be a Saturday and, or, you know, I thought we'd have the day off and he'd throw rain suits on. Come on, let's go to work. And so we did that kind of work for many years. And he never talked about, um, you know, what he spent all those years studying to get. And he gave it up and he became, yeah, at one point he did. And I wish I'd followed up with him, but he said, you do realize the military is at least 100 years ahead of us. And I was a little kid and I didn't think to ask, well, what do you mean by that? Because he saw some things, uh, you know, on his resume, I, I noticed this was in the 60s. He worked on 
um, supersonic and hypersonic aircraft. And I don't have any idea what hypersonic aircraft we had in the sixties that would, so I think he was working on secret projects. Yeah, he must've been. And they were, they were bringing him in to have me part to be part of, I think Whitley, what, what you unfortunately were, uh, exposed to and 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 i'm sorry that happened to you so now, I, you know uh, i'm sorry go ahead no uh when did this happen Where, how old uh, you were you say you were seven what year was it 67 68 sometime in that yeah. see what happened in my case it was 19 1952 and i uh and it may have been um before that but it was certainly 1952 uh, and so people were much less informed then. This would have just been starting out. Mm -hmm. But you know, this this um, whole thing comes from from the dark side. Jack Parsons, who was one of the uh, founders of uh, of a uh, of the Jet Propulsion Laboratory was a Thelemite occultist. He was a black magician. And I think that everything that has happened in that whole field since then is in a way connected to uh, black magic. And I, I just think that we need to be very careful and we need to be aware of the fact that there is a dark side and that it is deeply invested in humanity and, and wants to decide the fate of mankind. And here you are, a little guy like me, little people with no access to military secrets and nothing but our own hearts and our mm -hmm. own minds to lead us forward. And the, you know, the, the light always starts out just as a spark and it grows. And I'm hoping that unless they knock me off the air or something or off, off life altogether, that the spark begins here. That, that was what communion was all about. And what Ann Streber, who was a deeply good human being, devoted entirely to the good, was all about. And what you are all about. Too. Now. Yeah. You've it's been through honor. hell, haven't you? Yeah, um, it, it's it's kind of it was sort of nonstop for a long time. And so, what what I would do, Whitley, is I would go in my room, close the door, play guitar, and that was my sanctuary. And no one bothered me when I was in my room playing my guitar, and and it gave me great peace. And that feeling, you know, when they say it feels when you get hit in the head with a hammer, it feels so good when it stops. And when I was in my room playing guitar, that's when it stopped. And I, you know, and it, it was a sanctuary for me and it, it has yeah. been throughout my life. And, and, you know, speaking of dark energies, what I, I can't go to sleep without doing this every night. I ask for blessings for my children, my grandchildren, my family, um, everyone I've ever known, everyone I haven't known, everyone throughout the, the world, every being in the world, 
every being that's ever lived, every being that will live in the future, our beautiful earth, bless it, our, our sun, our life-giving sun, every planet and everything within uh, our solar system. And then it goes out to the Milky Way and it incorporates every aspect of the Milky Way. Then all two trillion plus other galaxies and then all throughout all the dimensions. And then I have angels placed on all four corners of my home. And I do that again through um, every aspect of that. And so it's, it is a blessing of uh, it's a lot, but it's not infinite and we can do it. And it, it is done. And I do it every night. And that, that to me, that, that helps pr protect all of us in this in a small way that I can that I can do that. I think it's very important. And folks, for those of you who are uh, trying to do things to help the world now, I've seen a couple of stories where people were trying to put curses on on Vladimir Putin. Never do that. That's black magic. You have to ask the universe to give everyone what they need the most and let it figure out what that is and i can assure you if you ask for that for someone like that they're not going to be given what they think they want they're going to be given what they really do need and that's not up to us we we cannot judge judge not yet lest ye be judged so you ask when you meditate that everyone in this world and in the whole third dimensional world and that includes many 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 other species i'm sure uh be given what they need the most and that way we advance our whole level not just my family and my human the the, the people of planet earth but the whole family of three-dimensional beings all over the universe so now we briefly touched on structured craft and it, it, have you ever seen a, a sort of a non-human being and kind of in the flesh or in a in a straightforward situation um yeah, that's interesting um well the being that came through the portal was and i actually got photographs and that was barely in our dimension um but you uh, just a directly standing in front of me i have not uh, i've had indications that that beings have been around me i've actually heard one hiccup uh hiccup. very close <laughs> yeah and it was very very interesting and yeah, i'll have I should say uh and i have a i have a being that comes to me and plays little games and this is this happened yesterday Whitley, I was changing out um, the shower head in my uh, upstairs, and I had this uh, large set of um, a, an adjustable wrench with blue handles. And I kind of snapped something, and I, and I set it down in in the uh, on the counter in the in the bathroom, and it disappeared. And it's completely that sort gone. of thing happens to me all the time. I mean, complete, they'll be back in two or three days. I know. I change, listen, you're, 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 you're spe speaking to the choir. I bet half the people who are listening right now or more have that 
routinely in their lives because the, you're talking now to the real hardcore close encounter community, people who are in active contact right now. And, and you know, it'll come back in a few days. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's just a, you know, it's just to show that, Hey, we're here. And, sort of trickster know, level of it. It is. And it's fun. It just makes me laugh when it happens. I'll, I'll change my strings uh, on my guitar. I sat right, right here next to me and I was changing my strings on my guitar and one of them was missing. And I took a picture because I, you know, I rubbed my hand everywhere. Three days later, it was stretched out directly in front of my guitar. <laughs> and I was, I was making a BLT and there were eight pieces of bacon. I put four on Karen's, went to put four on mine and there were only three pieces there. I said, I know I can count to four. I just know it. I looked away <laughs> and I looked back and it came back and all four of them were there. So yes, yeah, those, those kind of small things. And it's, you know, it's, it's good hearted and it's, you know, it's just an indication that, Hey, we're here and, and we're all family. And, and, you know, that's, that's the way I see it is, is, you know, this is our larger extended family. Yes. And, and, you know, it's what an honor for me uh, to be with them and to be here with you, Whitley. It's, I was only honor for me to have you here and to find you. Because I, you know, contact is, is proceeding and we have to make it work. And that's not going to happen if we leave it up to the military and the government. They will not make it work. They will not succeed. And it's not because they're not trying, but because they're not trying in the right way. Their job is to protect. And when there is something they don't, don't understand, they're going to protect us against it as best they can. And that's not what we need. Mm -hmm. We need open minds and open hearts. And that is going to come from below. And guess who's below? It's people like you, me, and all the other listeners who are listening to this and watching it right now. We're the below. As exactly. above, so below. That relationship is the important relationship for the future of mankind. And we are surrendering to it every single one of us we are finding our way well but and what i do whitley is um i meticulously um notate every interaction that i have and that's why i have a youtube channel if you go to john martin ufo and et uh, intelligences i and i have a TikTok page at John Martin, 1779. And I do the highlights from each night's session. And then I put the full video on my YouTube channel so that when people say, oh, those are just satellites, you're looking at it. Well, no, it's not. Because, um, you know, I have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these videos and I meticulously, I have a, uh, a book upstairs and I, I scrub through the videos each night when I come back in. And I just, you know, when it, when it's something extraordinary, I, I put a star next to it and then I upload it and people can see that we, we can do this. We all, yeah, can they're, do they're this. not, they're not satellites. Uh, the people who are saying that are people who are having trouble with this in one way or another. These are, th these objects are absolutely not satellites. Uh, I wouldn't have you on if I, if they were. Uh, you know, and there's, you're not the only person who does this. Uh, 
We had a few months ago, we had Melinda Leslie, who lives in Sedona, Arizona, who takes tours out every night to, uh, and people almost always get into this kind of relationship uh, during the tour. And Melinda knows everything there is to know about what satellites are where at any given time in the night sky and the difference between aircraft and so on and so forth. I wonder if, do you, do you have uh, satellite maps or anything or do you really, you don't really need that because what you're, you're taping is so radically different from the movement of a satellite. Right. Uh, I do have, um, I have the ISS tracker and I have the satellite um, apps on my phone. Whitley, there's there's um, one of them that comes very often. I call the two or the beautiful two. And they, they've they come so, so many, many times. And I just wanted to verify that they're not two um, satellites somehow that are tracking. So I put, when the two were going by, I put the satellite app up and there was nothing there and you know yeah. these these are our these are our star family these are um these are important this is this is something that that i we're still up very early in this to me i'm i'm you know this is just a point on the curve for me this this is you know one point on my journey and you know i, I was like this three years ago when it first started and each season you know i had a season of they made more beautiful clouds that were, you know, it's, and it's, it's not, there's no way you can have, my dad would say, when two things cross in time and space, that's not a coincidence. So when the cross and the crescent came and they said they'd give me a gift and they had that beautiful heart-shaped cloud uh, created, you know, that's, that's intent. That that is that is the universe. They said they'd give me a gift, and that was I couldn't imagine a more beautiful gift than that. I share that with people on their birthdays. If they have a challenge, you know, I give them my blessings, and here's you know a, a picture in it. I was actually had Darshan Madama, who is the you know the hugging saint, and I showed her, and she said, "A heart cloud, how beautiful! It's an archetype," and you know the. They understand, I think they understand us so much more than we give them credit for, Whitley. I truly do. You know, I, I think, think so too. And uh, I think that we are, we are just beginning this process of ascension. And it is about the ascension of the species in the third dimension to essentially a higher level of that dimension in which uh, community and the respect for individual freedom merge. Right now we have community on the one side and individual freedom on the other, and they're, they're not merged. Uh, so that you have, uh, uh, you have a situation where when we think of community, we end up with communism. And when we think of individual freedom, we end up with Nazism. <laughs> and we, you know, we got a problem here. And, but, but we can ascend into a level where the two things are in balance both in our politics and in our daily lives. But you can only do that if you follow the direction of the soul, because the soul is always understands the balance between community and freedom. Uh, and until we integrate that into our society, there will always be conflict here. I'm curious what, you know, Putin is still a fairly young man. How does he ever, 
imagine himself standing on the world stage with other leaders again after this current I mean he's done this in the past but this is unprecedented I mean what what are your thoughts on you know what his his situation is now and, and where it will be in the future I'm not going to go too far down this road just suffice to say that when the soul leaves while the body is still alive there is a desperation and you lose among other things your sense of the value of other people you become obsessed with your own safety and indifferent to the safety of others that's why when you see pictures of vladimir putin or you saw adolf hitler or any of those people but in vladimir putin you see him sitting at the end of these absurd long tables 50 feet away from his advisors because he so. is so obsessed with his own safety but it's nothing to him to send 15 year old russian boys to their deaths and right. to cause the immense suffering of a whole people on behalf of his own ideas because he has lost contact his soul is the soul that's that brought him into into the world left him at some point that's where all dictators come from that space they come they are lost to their souls mm. and he's just one of many it's a it's a persistent problem in the human world and he is only one as i say of many well, that's why this work is so important. Yeah, you know, exactly. I, you have, if you have, you know, so many of us are, are awakening to this this new reality of of well being. You know, being well beyond this this plane, and you know, the ability to connect with something that is so inspiring and so beautiful, and and can move move our civilization into that next phase that that you know that you've seen that i you know that I, I dream of that you know we're at peace and there's abundance there's no poverty yes the earth is healed you know we, there's happiness and, and and joy and creativity and and you know that that is the prime motivation of why i continue is is so that we can i can be an inspiration hopefully to others that they, you know, they have that within themselves to, to go out and, and show the, you know, the universe, what, what is important to them and to realize the universe honors that. And it, it does. Honor. It, absolutely. Yes. Yes, it does. We have, a we're at a, at a crossroads and we either, ascend or we descend now in this species in the human species and the these entities are all midwives to the birth of mankind to a new level but birth going down the birth canal and getting born is dangerous and noisy and we're going to be making plenty of noise over the next 50 years believe me as we are born and i hope that we are born alive my one hope is that grays as i know them are so stingy and parsimonious about everything anything everything i think that they would not be here for one second if they thought that we wouldn't make it they wouldn't bother i hope wow. that's the case <laughs> but <laughs> the the entities that you're dealing with are at a different level 
they are um, calling us to ascend and they're not exploitative and they are a whole different level and this is the level we need to find in our own minds and hearts and bodies if we're going to really do this because ultimately the ones that are on the same plane as us the the ones that are three-dimensional entities cannot do that they cannot do they cannot raise our vibration because they're already at that vibration like i refer to the grays and the other physical beings that are that are apparently with us i say apparently because they're so elusive you can't ever be sure what they are where they are exactly but in any case uh where from here for you where are you going in your life um you know i kind of live in the now um i see the future and i see it in a positive way um i, I see i you know I, I don't really think about myself that much i just think of myself as part of the collective mm -hmm. and i feel, i feel that we as a collective will get through this and we will make it and um for me personally i'm going to continue each year is different in my experience with our star family each and it's um you know i would love to be able to play music with with our star family and i've, I've seen that in my mind where i'm playing music and they're playing music as well um in their own way um because you know they're they come at this from a, a different perspective I was out there um, pretty recently, and and I, I said, "Y'all are you are." I said, "Y'all, I'm from Georgia. Y'all are so wonderful." And whoosh, we think you're wonderful too. Boom! And it was, <laughs> it was so incredible. And, and one interesting thing, Whitley, the they buzz aircraft a lot, and that was kind of disconcerting for me to begin with. And I would say. Safety first, dear friends, when they were close to the aircraft. And they put up with that a few times. And then they said, you know, we've been in these skies for thousands of years. I think we know what we're doing. So I don't, <laughs> I, don't I just record it now. And uh, it's, it's just a growing relationship that, uh, you know, they're learning more about me and I'm learning more about them. And it's, a, it's just a, a stop on my journey so far. And it's, it's just been glorious in many ways. We have about three or four minutes left, John. I wonder if you could pick up your guitar and uh, play us out of the uh, of the show. Uh, why not play a little bit of uh, Memories of the Alhambra? Thank you. 
reason I chose that piece in particular is this, uh, the repeated references you've made to seeing imagery of the cross and the crescent. Uh, that is a sign, a message, that we can live together in mutual love and respect, no matter what our religious backgrounds, our beliefs are. The cross being, of course, Christianity and the crescent symbolizing Islam. And that's why I chose Memories of the Alhambra to finish the show, to uh, emphasize the importance of that message. We can go down this path together, hand in hand, into a new world. Thank you so much for being with us, John Martin. And you can find John Martin at on TikTok at, can you repeat your TikTok address so I get it right? At John Martin 1779. At John Martin 1779. And you can find John on YouTube as well. And there will be links on unknowncountry.com, of course. Thank you, John, from the bottom of my heart to your heart. And to your heart too, Whitley. What a pleasure and an honor. Thank you. You've been listening to Dreamland. Be sure to tune in again next week. Dreamland is brought to you by UnknownCountry.com and its family of subscribers. Our theme music is The O of Pleasure by Ray Lynch. Unknown Country was founded by Ann Streber. Our news editor is Matthew Frizzell. Our coordinator is Amy Safrankova. Whitley Streber is your Dreamland host. And I'm your announcer, Ted Alexander.